justice. We are in the time of the gospel of the kingdom. Social justice. This God of the Bible, this is your God and my God, is a God of justice. He is love. He is compassionate. He is merciful, but he is also just. Sometimes the church don't spend time to teach and to educate people about that aspect of God. And that aspect is what is going to show during the judgment seat of Christ. That aspect is what is going to show during the white throne judgment. That aspect is why people go to hell. That aspect is why some people get punished. That aspect is why God promotes and demotes. God is a just God. And we should all be grateful that he's like that. Not as corrupt as Satan. Not as wicked as Satan. Because if he's like the devil, then when I'm suffering under oppression or under any form of any of my rights is being deprived, I can't cry to him for help. Your God is a just God. Can I hear you say, my God is a just God. I can trust him because he's just. I'm faithful. God is faithful. He's dependable. He's trustworthy. These are his character. So in the kingdom of God, God, most of the Bible, actually there is no prophet, no book in the Bible that did not deal with justice, and especially social justice. No prophet is a genuine prophet if his message did not include that. What is this subject of social justice all about? It is the fact that God cares about people whose rights are denied. People who are underprivileged. People who are voiceless. People who are poor. People who are suffering. The disadvantaged in the society. The suffering. Those who are suffering in the society. Those who, for one reason or the other. And there are different types of these disadvantages. And there are different types of injustice. I don't think you, you need to live long here on earth to know that the ground is not level. That there is oppression, injustice, and wickedness in the human society. God Almighty, your God, cares about addressing that. And that's part of what the gospel of the kingdom is. As his ambassadors, as those that represent him, we are to be voice to the voiceless. We are to be help to the helpless. We are to be the ones that help the poor, help the needy, uplift the downtrodden. That's how you build a decent society where people have been taught equity, have been taught justice, especially the social dimension of justice. There's legal justice, there's political justice, there's economic justice and all that. But especially this one, because it's a movement that everybody can join. You don't have to feed a hundred people, but there's one person hungry in your street and in your home, you threw away food. If you see how angry I get in the house, when I see anybody throwing away food. Just because you can afford it, God has blessed you. Doesn't mean you live in such lavish whatever and you forget that there is somebody else who have gone for 24 hours without a meal. We don't have how many mouths to feed in our house. So what I have done is that a lot of the other resources God has given me is for helping people who were not privileged. A Christian must be a just person 
Because your God, your Father, is a just God. And that nature is what he gave us when he gave birth to us in Christ. Are you still here? If the church does not understand justice, the society will never learn it. Let me give you some examples. This thing has to do with addressing inequality, addressing, you know, all kinds of... Okay, let me give you some examples. Look at different types of disadvantages that people suffer. The number one is people who are spiritually disadvantaged. They are unbelievers, they are sinners, they are lost, and their eternal destiny is hellfire. And you are among those that have been privileged to come and know Christ. So now you have the light. But there are millions in darkness. What do you do with the light? Only shine it for yourself. No. Nobody lights a lamp and put it under a bush and hide it in a pocket. Whenever you have a bulb, a light, or whatever, you put it high where it will give light to you that put it, but it will give light to your whole street, to others. You don't put bulbs. That's why they don't put bulbs on the corner, under the bed, hidden places. They put it strategically on the roof, on the wall, where it can enlighten the room. Because you are not the only one to benefit. For example, Jesus said, you shall be saved, you and your household. What is now happening with the other family members? Has the light reached them? You see, this one group of disadvantaged people, and God loves them and cares about them. There's another group, People that are bound in moral darkness. These people, is this thing that Adam brought into the earth that is their problem. The sin nature, corruption. They are bound with evil. We have them. Some are criminals. Some are robbers. Some are ritual killers. There is no type of evil that you think about. Human beings are not engaging. These people that are bound in this. Do you know that that problem is incurable? Prison cannot remove it. Police cannot remove it. You can make law. You can arrest them. But when you put them in prison, they come out worse. It's only Christians. Sure, you are the one taking ministry to prisons, taking it to everywhere. You were in prison for eight years in Europe. This man, come on, sir. This man was carrying drugs. They were the ones shooting and causing troubles everywhere. Today, he's an evangelist. He's now coming out of Nigerian prison. How many do we have? 243 in total. How many have you visited? 225, sir. So, Prison does not bring reforms unless you introduce some other programs in it. They actually end up being hardened. Now, we have them in our schools. We had some of the things that happened in Lagos State. They shut down some school. Little girls and little kids sent on excursion. Look at what they're doing. People have it among kids. There's bullying in school. The evil, the, the darkness of the human heart. How do we solve it? You want a decent society. You want to live in a healthy society where your neighbor is not thinking about how to rape your daughter, how to kidnap you or your car. So God gave up because the only man that has the antidote is Jesus. And you and I that have received that injection, the immunization, are now given the job to champion a moral and social crusade in our society. You can't just receive light and keep it for yourself. I know you look at them as some robbers, look at them as criminals, but they are disadvantaged. 
because they have a form of sickness that doctors can cure. The problem of the human person is the problem of the human heart. Black heart. Some people wear white, but the heart is black. Some people have black skin, but their heart is golden and beautiful, full of love. Other people have white skin, but the heart is black. This thing affects white. It affects all races. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Number three, the problem of disabilities, physical disability. There are human beings like you. Some are blind. Some are deaf. Some can't walk. Some are even born that way. We build society that don't care about such people. If you go to certain society where the teaching of social justice has gone far, the church will preach it, preach it. Government will start listening. They start making policies and making adjustments. You know, even in train, even in buses, they create special seats for them. They create how they can climb in. Even in their ports. You don't put them in the same. Everybody does not have the same level of resources or advantages. You don't treat everybody equally. Now, if you leave such people, you know some people are deaf, some are dumb. How does a man succeed without communication? So there are certain things, programs that are designed to help balance this equation and help such people. All these things I'm talking about are ministries. Now, there is another group called the physically oppressed. These are people that are sick. You know some people, their kidneys are not working. You know some people have been lying in hospital for the last one, one year. Do you know some people, they have to live with certain problems for life. That's why there is ministry of healing. You can use medicine, you can use alternative medicine, or you tap into the power of God and learn how to use the healing power of God. God cares about the sick. Didn't you read it, Acts 10.38? Jesus went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God hates sickness. You see a beautiful girl. But she can't hold urine. Something is wrong inside her organs. You see a man. You look at him, he looks. Give him a wife or a woman, he can't perform. You see another person. Blood pressure is always this way. There are solutions to those things. So every disadvantage you see in society, every form of injustice, every form of oppression, every form of whatever, is find one of them that you have bought them for and start a crusade in that direction. Then you have joined God in the business he does. The business that the Trinity does is the business of deliver. Being deliverers. Being saviors. Being healers. As God's children, he called us to join him in the family business. That's what Jesus meant when he said, I must be about my father's business. What is that business? The human business. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion. There are certain things God delegated to man. Building roads, building houses, building fashion, building all those things. Yes, but the human business, let us make man. The making of human beings. The healing of human beings. 
the fixing of human beings, the saving of human beings, the building of human beings, the development of human beings. God said, that is my territory, and all my children must join me here. Because when a human being spoils, it's more than when a city spoils. Actually, it is people, human resources that are decayed, that is destroying our society. There was this, there was that, kidnapping of this, doing a, who are doing it? Gorillas? No. Chimpanzees? No. Some birds? No. All the evil you see in our society is coming from human beings. That human problem is our mandate. So, sickness. Which one is worse of all the ones I've mentioned? There's another type, mental oppression. Some people, their own is the extreme type where it's madness. Others, they are not mad, but it's confusion. In life, they don't know where they're going. They're just running. Others, is despair. They don't see any future, any good. There is hopelessness. And one of the worst type of mental oppression is illiteracy. No access to education or any form of enlightenment. You are among the few who went to school. Do you know that a larger chunk of children born into this country never have? Are you one of those God is calling to set up schools, set up a crusade, formal or informal, to start addressing this? Some of our public schools don't have mass teachers. And people's children are there. The politicians' children can go abroad, go everywhere. But that's why they don't care. If they ban it and all of them have to send their children to public school, they will fix everywhere. And as these children are growing, they are disadvantaged. So they come out, they can't get the jobs, they can't do many things. So you see how we grow terrorists, we grow arm robbers, we grow prostitutes, we grow all kinds of problems that we are facing. Social problems. Let's talk about slavery, modern day slavery. You know 10,000 young people are traveling through Sahara Desert every week. Every week. They are looking for greener pastures. They are trying to go to Europe. A lot of them die from Agadez all the way to Niger. If you see the literal physical health fire that is on earth that people subject themselves to. I understand why Moses killed that Egyptian. He said he was oppressing a, a man that is already under oppression. That is a slave laboring for Pharaoh and he comes there, he's flogging him and beating him. And that's how the book of Exodus reported it. Until I read the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua now gave some insight that Exodus did not add. You know what the book of Joshua said? When Moses showed up to visit his brother, that guy ran to him to help him. He was being beaten by this Egyptian. And he asked him, what is the problem? He said, this man came to my house last night. Tied me up and raped my wife in my front. I tried to raise a cry. 
he started beating me. Now he has come. He has promised me that he will kill me. And that's what he has come here to do. So he's been beating, flogging this guy. Moses shows up. It was when Moses heard he slept with the man's wife, tied him up, and now look at his back beating up. His anger now rose. He killed that Egyptian and buried him. You cannot be a Christian and not have hatred against injustice. The Bible said concerning Jesus, because thou love righteousness and hates wickedness, therefore God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your foot. Do you want the power of God in your life? There must be certain aspect of human problem that drive you crazy. You want to do something about it. Because you love righteousness, this is Jesus, and you hate wickedness. That's why God anointed him more than other people. What is the level of hatred you have? I'm not talking about hating people. Hatred for injustice, hatred for oppression, hatred, you see people dying of cancer. If God has put passion in you for something, it's a sign of where your calling is. The other way to know where your calling is, find that thing that you hate. There are two ways to know your calling. People are saying, I want to know my purpose. I want to know what my calling in life is. Number one, find that thing that you love. God put passion. Whether they pay you, they don't pay you, you want to do it. The other one, find that thing that you hate. Moses' own is injustice and oppression. And that's how he became a deliverer that finally God used to bring these people out of the suffering. God can use you in areas where you tolerate all the things that are wrong. He can't. It's where you have passion and where you have hatred for wrong things that the anointing comes. You know, someone like me, when I see sick people, when I see physical suffering, even when I'm drained, I'm tired, something in me. You know, I, I finished preaching. I've been preaching for days, and I was now leaving to enter my car and see that woman. Obviously, she, I don't know whether she came inside to hear the message. She was just sitting outside with a boy that was deaf and dumb. I've entered my car. When she kept screaming, I asked, what is wrong? I thought it was money. Let me give her money. He said, no, my boy. If you see the anger, because when Jesus is moved with compassion, the healing power flows. The other one is when you will move with anger against that problem. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why God has allowed some of you to, to go through some painful experiences. When I was being raised by God, I went through my, my journey was not easy. And I would cry, why me? What did I do to deserve? Why? I didn't understand why bad things happen to good people. That's how God prepares deliverers. Don't waste your suffering. The purpose God allowed you to be the one to go through that is so that you can be the voice for those that are going. You can be the one to speak up, to champion their cause, to get you to be the one that will stand up to help people that are going through this. You've suffered that went through that, lost your two worms, and now you can't have a child. There are millions of women going through that, but nobody's speaking up for them. 
Do you know that people like that can get married? I met a, a beautiful young girl in South Africa. I was preaching. When I told her, she came to see me. She said, I have HIV. I have tried. Different people have prayed for me. It didn't work. Medical. I said, start advocacy on HIV. And create education. Create knowledge. A lot of people are dying in silence. I said, you could talk to me because I'm a pastor. But do you know how many people are dying in this congregation? Start advocacy, be their voice. And when you are bold, so you can give them education, give them way, go to do more research, find out, hook up, create an NGO, find out about retroviral drugs and other support systems that are available. And she started, and she started the crusade. Next time I came, she has gone far. She's now speaking, United Nations invites her. I was just seeing her everywhere. Next thing, guess who came to marry her? A Nigerian boy, very wealthy boy from Anambra State. So I came, this is, this is, this is, and he, he brought the guy to introduce to me. Ah, me, I gosh, I was worried though. So I told her to come. I said, Oga, please just allow me to talk to her. Eh? Mm, it's okay. I took her by the time. I said, did you tell him? He said, of course. I'm everywhere. He knows. I said, he knows. He said, yes. So I now brought Oga back. I said, so you know that she has, it. he said, of course. But I like her. I, and I love what she's doing. I started by supporting her with money. From there, I just fell in love with her. And then he said, do you know the amazing thing, Pastor? You see that girl? That's our first daughter. And we're planning to have three. The girl doesn't have it. I don't have it. And we'll be married. Because you don't have to have it because you married the person. There are knowledge, knowledge in these areas. If she didn't start doing that, she wouldn't have discovered she will have been somewhere, whatever. The reason you are the one God allowed. He said, why did my mother die when I was born? Do you know how many motherless kids and fatherless kids, children are out there? You are their deliverer. You are their champion. That's why you are born. You are their Moses. Rise up and take up that crusade and that mandate. It will take you where you never dreamed that you could be. Don't waste your suffering. If you get crucified, make sure that your crucifixion is bringing salvation. Learn from Jesus how to maximize your suffering. If I'm going to be flogged and beaten, let there be healing coming to millions from that to your strife. Then you have, this see an example here. He went to prison, eight years. How many years did they give you initially? Fifteen. But finally, eight, paroled and whatever, he came out. He has converted that to prison ministry. So now he doesn't need to be a drug pusher anymore. He's now a blessed man. When he started, I used to dash him money. I bought him his first car. Now he has built house. He's doing all kinds of things. He's now the one saving. And he has taken it beyond Nigeria now. The same Europe he used to talk to push drugs. He tours Europe now on social crusade, on deliverance crusade. Are you seeing it? Let me see if I can give you a few more lists. Sexual exploitation and oppression. The worst one is little children lose their innocence because there is even another one. These people have chosen the profession of prostitution. But they are slaves. One told me, I've slept with 5,000 something men, yet I have nothing to show for it. 
I said, why? He said, all the money I'm making in Europe is Madame that owns all of them. He said, it will take me a certain number of years before I can be free from this. I met another one. He said, I suffered this for years, slept with thousands of men. Finally, I was able to get my freedom. So now I have started my own cartel. Any girl that enters my hand, if he like, if he tries it, I go, if you see how she's talking, I was able to lead her to Christ. And then told her to turn the crusade into deliverance crusade instead of bondage crusade. You're coming to Nigeria, taking girls and enslaving them. The worst one is that they don't even know what they are being taken into. They are told of better jobs and all that. Maybe you suffered something like this. Maybe you went to serve somebody. And this is how you were brutalized. Both by madame and boys. You're supposed to take up a mandate in that direction because there are millions going through that. You are their voice. You are their deliverer. Until what you've been through has been doing enough, you won't launch your own crusade. There's some of you carrying unique anointings because of what you have been through. But no voice, nobody's hearing. You're not doing anything with it. You died on the cross, but you wasted your suffering. Oh, are we talking about poverty? Which one is worse? Do you know there is extreme poverty? Every day there are people who are not sure how to eat. Joblessness, unemployment. This is why God raised the church. Are we talking about emotional oppression? People who are damaged psychologically. They, they self-esteem, low self-esteem. Other ones, depression. Other ones, rejection. They don't believe anybody loves them. And out of that... Good. I saw a beautiful girl. She was doing prostitution in Abuja. If you see this girl, her father is very wealthy, a multi-millionaire. I say, everything any other person is looking for, your family has. Why are you wasting yourself in the street? She doesn't believe. You will see one that was crying. They brought her back from Dubai. If you see what they have done to her there. She was crying on the stage. This year, if you see how pretty this girl is, she doesn't believe that she is fine. She believes that she is so ugly because of her abuse. She believes that she is nothing. So she makes herself toy for people to play with. If you see what rejection does to people, these people are not physically sick, but they are crippled inside. There is healing for the brokenhearted. There is healing for such people. But somebody that understands that kind of pain will be the best surgeon in dealing with such issues. The broken becomes master at healing. Are we talking about political injustice? Some people need to go into politics and government to help correct. Look at what is going on. I will leave that for another day. How can somebody have power? Something you can use to change a whole community, change a whole local government, change the destiny of a state. You waste it just on yourself. What is the purpose of power? It's for justice administration. You see, if you're going to go on a crusade, 
to help some form of disadvantage or suffering people or the other, you need three things. Number one, you need power. Number two, you need resources. And number three, you need compassion. You need social responsibility. Not just compassion that you feel for people. You need to take responsibility for a group of suffering people in the society. And then become, take, go on a crusade. You don't have to start with too many. It can be one person every year. It can be two people every year that you're bringing out. One life you change causes the whole heaven to stand at attention and throw party. Bible says, there is joy among all the angels of God over one sinner. One, one, one. Over one person that is healed. Over one drug addict that is released. Over one prisoner that is now turned around. Over one criminal that is now a responsible citizen. Over one prostitute that is now a responsible man. We have prostitutes that are now responsibly married. There's one that brought her husband. I said, did you tell a pastor? Did you tell him what you were doing? He said, I told him. He's the one that helped me out of it. And I started growing. He now named me Esther. He said, because I've become so virtuous. I never knew I would ever make a married pastor. It's not possible now. But it got to. He said, my third year, a pastor started asking me, he wants to marry me. I thought it was a joke. I said, all these clean girls everywhere. I said, leave that thing. And it's a pastor's wife. But you see, she goes after the bad girls. <laughs> she has a ministry she created. And she has a beautiful name she gave it. She restores them, gives them dignity, gives them a sense of. They have become rich now. But she always remembers where God picked her. Don't you know that Moses was in the palace, Pharaoh's house? But he knew he was born in slavery. He needs to. These people that are down there suffering is the reason God empowered me here. God is blessing you. Some of you has given you the resources. But nothing is happening. Some of you has given you power. Some of you are going to get it. Because there is no responsibility that is driven by compassion in your heart. Make sure when you are voting, voting somebody with compassion. Problems everywhere in this country. People are dying. Young people everywhere. Voting a man with compassion. Voting a man that has taken a responsibility to do something about it. I don't care where he's from. I don't care what party he's into. Don't use your vote to in, in bringing another pharaoh on Nebuchadnezzar. There are certain type of oppression that is structured. They are systematic. Certain people use laws or structures of governance and political system to entrench it. There are some type of poverty that is not because the individuals are not hardworking. It's because they are disadvantaged, disconnected from opportunities, disconnected from empowerment, disconnected from power, disconnected from certain privileges. 
That's why some of you should fight to rise and sit as president of World Trade, rise to World Bank, rise to IMF, rise to African Union, rise to UNICEF, rise to all those whatever. Where the policies are made that is affecting your country, affecting different things in Africa and help to change. Do you see what the Francophone countries are doing? What France has been doing to them for years? That's why God wants to raise on Joseph and raise on Daniels and raise on David and put them at the place where they can help. It's not the white man that will come and change it. No. That's why he wants to send some of you abroad to go and study certain courses. Don't just go there and the only thing you think about is yourself. If you see what I preach to Nigerian and African diasporas anytime I'm abroad, many of them are just there slaving themselves, looking for dollars. When there are Moses in Ferosa, don't you know that most of the biblical heroes and deliverers are diasporas? Who was Moses? Diaspora. That came and delivered his people. Who was Joseph? Diaspora. Was he not? Who was Daniel? Diaspora. Who was Nehemiah? Diaspora. Who was Esther? Diaspora. So why did you go abroad and study for nothing? All of them came and made a difference. Who is even Jesus? Diaspora that came from that other place. To come and rescue his brothers that are here. I don't know where you are listening to me from around the world. You are there wasting out your life. God put you there so that you can get exposed, get knowledge, get empowerment, and come and help rescue your country. But God doesn't only really use diasporans. He uses homeborn. Because some of them, when they come back, they'll be speaking all this, how, 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 They don't have street wisdom. They say, I want to be governor, PDP. They will collect all the savings he has gathered abroad. Why? At the end of the ordinary local government ticket, he doesn't get. One came to cry to me in Abuja. He said, your politicians, you're that wicked. Do you know my savings for the past 25 years? This is not how he talks with his American slangs. Uh, as a, when you come back as Joseph, hook up with brothers that know the way here. If not, they will teach you some whole lessons here. You they hear what I'm saying? And that's another ministry. A lot of people from abroad who want to invest in Africa are being duped. You create a ministry with integrity in it to help them get into real estate, help them get into business, help them get into that, and you create that that manages all that. You make serious money out of that, but you have protected lives. You know, one came with a lot of money after they duped her of all the things. They raped her on top of it. I saw her in U.S. He said, "Course, Africa. That place is Babylon. That place is hell. I will never step my foot. I said, I'm from there. It's not hell. You ended up in the wrong hands. He said, how she was cursing the homeland. You need power, you need resources, so that the resources just people. 
then you start building coalition and they start putting their abilities together and th that movement is launched. NGO, it could be whatever. You don't have to have everything. One person doesn't. You see, 50 people are in a deep well and you are out here. They have fallen into the well and it's 30 feet deep. They are going to die. You want to help them. You start. And because people that are suffering, they want to come out. About 10 of them hold the rope you put down. It should be one after the other. Because it's one man that is pulling this thing. If not, you will pull me down to join you there. That's why some people don't know that we pastors, that we have our own problems. So I'm pulling. I'm giving. I'm helping. Now they grab the rope. The weight is now too much. You see, when you start that project, don't go and do it alone. It will kill you. Build a team. Build an army. Draw that rope. Make it long. Let other people join you. As you're pulling, let other people be pulling. As you're pulling, let other people be pulling. And this process over time, there will be so many people out. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes how they join the rope is they're contributing with their finances. They're bringing their professional skills. Other people are bringing all that. Other people are bringing material resources so that we can help. Don't do it alone. A vision might be given to a person, but it's fulfilled by a team. We want to create a nation of compassion. A nation where people care about each other. Don't take more than you can chew. A Christian should have a minimum of 10% of his resources that go towards the kingdom of God. He should have another 10% reserve for good works. For good works. And you can't solve all the problems, but you have to have an area God has given you passion. Sometimes you might not be the one to organize that foundation or whatever, but you join one. This kind of thing that I do. Somebody came to me. He said, I noticed that in DC, you guys have not formed this particular group, association, to tackle this kind of problem. I said, that's why you noticed it. Because the problem you keep noticing is the one God has called you to. I said, start that department, gather some other people around it. And when you have shown one example, I will introduce you in the platform so that more people can join you. And that's how it starts. Change does not fall from the sky. It's human beings that do it. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 